an attribute is a quality. It's a permanent quality. It's something that's intrinsic, which means it's woven into the fabric of actually who God is. When we talk about an attribute of God, it's something that makes up who he is. It's not something that just can be added to who he is. It's something that's woven into the fabric of who he is. Today, we're going to look at some of the attributes of God, but our message is entitled partnership with God, partnership with God. So, and we're going to take a look at some of his attributes. Number one, the first one is God is all powerful. Since God is all powerful, what does that mean? You can see it on the screen. God's all powerful in what? He can help me with anything. Because God is all-powerful, he can help me with anything. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 7 says this. O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. We need to get this into our heart and our spirit And understand that God is truly all-powerful and that there is nothing that is too difficult for him. God has the power to create anything from nothing. That's what he's already done. God speaks and things happen. He is able to deliver. No matter how dark the situation, no matter how dark the circumstance, God is able to deliver. I don't care if it's a million to one and God is on your side, you are a part of the victorious team. God is able to do exceedingly, according to his word, abundantly above all that we could ever even ask or think. God's power goes beyond our comprehension. You and I cannot possibly understand or comprehend the power that God has. Revelations 1.18 assures us that he has power over death. Hebrews 4.13 tells us that his powerful word sustains all things. He sustains the whole universe by his word. Daniel 4 says that no one can challenge what God does. We have people today who want to shake their fist at God. My friend, I guarantee you, one day, they will have an understanding that no one can challenge God. No one can stand against his power. The first thing we said is that God is all-powerful. The term that we would use is God is omnipotent. His power, he's all-power. His power knows no end. The second thing about God that I want to point out to you today, is that God is ever-present. So if he's ever-present, then God is always with me. If you want to turn your Bibles to Psalms chapter 139. Psalms 139, verse 7 through 12 says this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. 
Friend, the idea is this, that God is everywhere. No one can escape him. You ever notice there's certain times that we go into places and we sense and feel the darkness? If you drive into certain cities or certain parts of cities, you can literally sense and feel the spiritual darkness. But I want you to know that in the darkest place, God is still there. His presence still resides there. For the man or the woman who tries to hide from God, you cannot hide from him. Hebrews 13.5 reminds us that God's continual presence brings contentment to us. And Colossians 1 verse 17 tells us that all of creation is dependent upon his presence. So God's ever-present, the term that we'd say is he's omnipresent, that you can't go anywhere. The sinner cannot run far enough to ever get away from God. And your troubles cannot be dark enough. And the experiences of your life cannot be so difficult that God is not there, no matter how we feel. The third thing, God knows everything. The term would be he's omniscient. Since God knows everything, I can go to him with all of my questions and with all of my concerns. Daniel wrote in Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, he determines the course of world events. He removes kings and sets others on the throne. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Friends, God knows the future and he knows the past. His wisdom is beyond our comprehension. His knowledge is perfect. There is nothing that God does not know completely and totally. The fourth thing, very quickly, is that God is sovereign. God's sovereign, and so because he's sovereign, I can joyfully submit to his will. I can joyfully submit to his weight. The times he makes you wait, that wasn't part of our note. The times that he's making you wait, because he's sovereign... You and I can joyfully submit to him. But we can joyfully submit to his will. What does it mean that he's sovereign? It means he's overall. The scripture from Daniel chapter 4 verse 35 says this. All the people of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the power of heaven and the people of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? Now, here's the reality. With God being sovereign, he's the one who delivered his people from Egypt. God controls times and seasons. According to Job 12, God has dominion over the affairs of men. The word of God teaches us that God is the one who raises up and sets down rulers. He reduces them to nothing. God controls even nature for his own purposes and plans. Ephesians chapter 1, 4, it says that God chose his people before the foundation of the world. He chose his people. He chose his people to become like Christ, and he chose his people to save and purify them. God has a plan, and he will carry out his will. The fifth thing very quickly here is that God is holy. He's holy. Because he's holy, I can devote myself to him in purity, worship, and service. Because God is holy, I can dedicate myself to him. 1 Peter 1, verse 14 
through 16 says this, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. For no one else in all of the universe is like him. God deserves our constant honor and praise. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16 reminds us that his holiness is the standard for believers' behavior. Be holy, for I am holy. Now here's the amazing thing. The God who is omnipotent, the God whose power knows no end, the God who's omnipresent, he's everywhere at the same time. You cannot escape him. You cannot hide from him. He sees all and knows all. The God who's omniscient, he knows everything. He knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. He knows our past. He knows our present. He knows our future. There is nothing in all of creation that is hidden from him. God who's sovereign, it just simply means he's overall. He's the supreme ruler. And the God who's holy, he's perfect in his righteousness, invites us to come into partnership with him. The God who's all of these things says to us, I want you to come into partnership with me. The God who declares, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it is the same God who says to us, now go and make disciples. He says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then he says to you, now you go and you make disciples. The same God who speaks to us, the same Jesus who was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, the one who took the stripes on his back, the same one who did that inspired James to write these words. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. Do you see this partnership that God has? He says, I want to heal sick people. I've took in my body. Jesus said, I bore in my body the penalty and the price for healing. Now you lay hands on them and I'll do the work. The same Jesus that said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, says to you, now you go and make disciples. The idea is that you and I have been invited into partnership with God. What a privilege and honor that is. How awesome it is that we're invited to sit at the table. Have you ever heard that term? You get a seat at the table. There's some pretty neat tables to have a seat at. And a seat at the table of the Lord is an awesome place to have a seat at. We went to a ministry slash business leaders conference this past week. And it got me thinking. And I was doing a little bit of reading about a privately held company back home. I was astonished when I read that this company knew that they were a decent sized company. I didn't know how vast they were. When I read, I'm looking at this. And, you know, I just kind of, you know, you can find almost like anything on Google. I don't know if it's all true, but like you can find a lot of answers on Google. I Googled their company name and it came up with some of their revenue reports and things like that, how they were doing. 200 
$140 million of revenue last quarter. Now, now there's four quarters a year. So we're looking at a company of a close to a billion dollars. I know where the owner of the company lives. He lives in a common neighborhood. Like most of us could probably live in the neighborhood that he lives in. He has a nice house with a tennis court. It's nice, but it's not something like, I'm thinking, I was like $240 million a quarter times, wait a minute. Wait, is that, am I sure that's a quarter? That's not 2.4 million. That's not 24 million. That was $244 million last quarter. Let's see, there's four quarters of a year, 240. Wow. That's almost a billion dollars. That's a lot of money for Bedford. That's a lot of money for New Holland, too. (laughs) I don't care what zip code you in. A billion dollars is a lot of revenue. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about, if your business is doing about a billion dollars of revenue a year, I'm sure that you can make a lot of things happen. I bet you you can get some deals done. I bet you if there's a property that you want or if there is a zoning change that you would like in town, I bet you you got some pull in what takes place in that community. You're in a place for negotiations. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, these are common people. Like if you would see them, they're not necessarily living high on the hog. And I was thinking about, can you imagine if they would like make the phone call? Say, Andy. You know, we're thinking about expanding our business down there into the New Holland area. We wanted you to come to a meeting with us, and we want to get your input. Why don't you be a part of what we're doing? I bet you you would probably be able to find time. Most of us, well, let me check my calendar. I think I'm available. I'd like you to be at the table. We got a new project that we're doing, and I need you with me, Ralph. Frank, I've got something I'm working on. I'd like you to be a part of it. Most of us would be like, we'd be calling, guess, so-and-so called me. Did you know that their business does almost a billion dollars a year? Not million, billion. Guess where I'm going Tuesday. Most of us would probably, you know, we may say, no, I probably, no, I wouldn't be influenced. Now, let's be honest. If they're saying, we want to do business with you, we want you to be on our team, and they keep pursuing you, pursuing you. You're out there driving your tow truck. You know, Kyle, you're driving your tow truck, and they're saying, no, Kyle, we want you. I got to drop off this car over here. No, Kyle, please, we really need you on our team. We really want you. We want you to be a part. We want you to partner with us. Most of us would drop what we're doing and find a way to be a part of that. The size of businesses today, that's a big business in most of our minds, but there's businesses that are much, much bigger than that. So you pick the largest business that you can think of. You pick the Walmart and Walmart says, we want you on our board. We want you at the table with us. Most of us would clear off our afternoon to do that because it's like, can you imagine what we could do if Walmart said, Andy, we want Clearview Auto to be on board with us. We want to be working with you. We want to be partners with you. I bet you Andy could expand a little faster than normal. Maybe there's some tools that he wants that he'd like to have, you wouldn't have to buy them used. You wouldn't have to get on and look for the discount price. The reality of it is this. Here's the reality. The creator of the universe, the one whose power knows no end, is saying to you, I want you on my team. 
I want to partner with you. I got a work that I want to do. The creator of the universe, whose very words holds all things in order, just his spoken word holds the universe in place and holds it in order. Oh, he didn't have to even move. He simply spoke the word and it was done. He says to you, I got a work I want to do and I want you to be on board. He has a work he wants to do over in Laos. And so he says to James and Denise, I want you to partner with me. That's what he says. I'm going to touch some people's lives. I'm going to change some young children's future. I'm going to revolutionize some families. There's some people in Laos who my heart goes out to, and I'm looking for someone who will partner with me. Will you go with me, James? Denise, will you leave behind these other things? Because I got a plan for you. I have a, a purpose. I got a work I want to do. Now, I want to say this. When you partner with God, if he's all powerful and you're connected to him, let's go back to our first slide partnership with God. Since God's all powerful, he can help me with anything. His power knows no end. So he can help me with absolutely anything because God is omnipresent. He's always going to be with me. And so here's the reality. When you do God's work, when you enter into partnership with God, there may be some meetings that you would go into in a natural state and your heart's kind of beating fast and you're a little nervous, and you don't know what person across the table is going to say to you. You don't know how they're going to react, and your stomach's hurting. But wait a minute. The all-powerful God says he's always going to be with me. He's never going to leave me or forsake me. And so I go into a meeting, or you go into a face a challenge, something that when you're up against a wall, but you're not walking in there alone. You're walking with the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. There's a confidence and a pride and a faith and a boldness that you and I can walk in when we know I'm going into the situation that's way bigger than me, but God has my back. God isn't going to leave me. He's not going to desert me. He's not going to fail me. When you're going into partnership with God, you realize that he knows everything. And we say, I don't know what to do. How many of you are in situations where you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure which way to turn. I don't, I don't know how to respond to this. What do I do? Well, I got one who's on my side who knows everything. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. His knowledge knows no limitations. And so whenever I partner with God, I can walk in faith because God knows what the future holds. And if I'll be quiet and listen, he will lead me and guide me. He'll direct me. And I can walk in a faith and assurance that God has everything under control. That's the fourth one, God's sovereign. And I can submit to his will. He calls the shots. I want you to hear this. The devil's not the one who's ruling and reigning. Sickness and disease are not ruling and reigning. Jesus is the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords and he is ruling and reigning. What God says, no matter what the circumstances are, when God says it, it will come to pass. You can bet your life on it. So by faith, you and I can face the difficulties knowing that God is sovereign. He's over all and finally God is holy. And because he's holy, I can be holy. 
I can be holy because of what he has done upon the cross of Calvary. Now, here's the thing. What this is called, partnership with God, is really called stewardship. God says, I want to raise up godly children. I want to raise up a generation of godly young men and women. And he says, Jeff and Maria, I'm going to entrust them to you. Let you and I work together. But listen, you're not going to do this alone. I'm going to be with you. God says, I want to reach this community of New Holland. God says, I got a work I want to do in Morris Run, Pennsylvania. He says, there's people there who need to hear the gospel. There's families who need to be set free. There's people who are sick and need to know that Jesus is a healer. And God says this, I'm going to place you, Mr. Martin, right there in the middle of that town. And my light and my glory is going to flow through you. And my anointing is going to come upon you. And if you'll listen to me and allow me, if you'll follow what I say, I'll fulfill my words with signs and wonders. I'll transform families' lives for generations that they will never be the same again if you will simply partner with me. But you've got to understand that he's the top partner. You're not in charge. He invites you in to be a part of what he's doing. So that's why whenever God says to you, Andy, I want you to pray with your kids. Andy says, well, I'm a steward of my family. When God gives directives... And when he gives guidance and when he gives us his word, he's allowing us to be partners with what he is doing. Now, here's the thing. God is able to do exceedingly, I said it before, abundantly above all you and I could ever ask or think. It's amazing what people can accomplish when they enter into partnership with other people. It's amazing when we cooperate. It's incredible of of when we bring each of our strengths together. You know, even a piece of wood, just a piece of wood, a two by four, becomes much stronger when it is attached to another two by four. It's not just double the strength. It's more than that. And so whenever human beings... When we cooperate together, when we come into partnership together, we can accomplish a whole lot more than what we could on our own by ourselves, collectively. But friend, when we partner with God, there's no limits to what God can do in and through our lives. That's what stewardship is. It's you partnering with God. It's you listening to the voice of God. It's you obeying the voice of God. It's you surrendering to the voice of God. In the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about stewardship. And so if God gives you gifts, he wants you to partner with him, do you? For your future, he wants you to listen because he's got great plans for you. He's got a great future laid out for you. But you are the steward You're the steward of what God has given you. God says, I want to partner with you. I want to work with you. I want to accomplish great things to your life. And I'm going to entrust you with this. What does the word say? That when you're faithful with little, he does what? He'll put you in charge with more. What is he doing? For many of you, God is testing you in your stewardship even now. He's testing you in your stewardship. In these difficult times, in these trials that you face now, God is testing you. Callie's testing you now. You gave your life to Jesus recently. You recommitted your life to the Lord. The enemy's going to come in and he's going to put pressure on you, but God is testing you. And he's going to prove, God tests us to prove that what he says about us is true. 
The enemy tempts us to destroy us, but God allows us to be tested to prove what he already knows about us. And that's the stewardship part. Whenever you listen to what God says and you care for what God entrusts to you and you obey and you follow the policy manual that this company runs by. Company comes in, the billionaire businessman doesn't come to me and say, hey, uh, I think I'd like you just to make up your own own game plan with this, what I'm going to entrust to you. He has a policy manual. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a strategy. And so the father has a strategy. But aren't you glad? I hope that you'll just get excited a little bit about the potential that there is when God partners with you. I hope that you'll get excited a little bit about the fact that he's been pursuing you for a long time. He's been seeking after you. In the arrogance of us sometimes to reject his call, to say we know better, a big businessman would typically say, well, I'm going to move on to someone else. But he keeps saying to you, your work's not done. I got something else I want to accomplish. Even though you're discouraged in what you're doing, even though you're frustrated in what you're doing, if you'll obey me and listen to what I'm saying, I will fulfill my purposes and my plans for your life, and it'll be better than anything you ever thought possible. Father, today I thank you that you invite us to be partners with you in the work of the ministry and fulfilling your purposes and plans here on this earth and helping the poor and healing the sick and bringing sight to the blind and bringing light into places that are very dark. You invite us to be a partner with you. Now, Lord, I pray in this congregation that we would be faithful stewards. I pray that when you'd come, you would find faith in us. I pray that you would find men and women who are fully devoted to the mission that you have called us to. Father, I pray even tonight as men and women sleep, I pray that you would begin to give them dreams and visions. I pray in the middle of their sleep that you would waken them up with dreams and visions of things that you want to accomplish through their lives. And Father, as they're obedient, Lord, I pray that you would give them more and more and more, and more. Father, be glorified in all that we do and say, and we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.